The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. Thank you so much for listening today. You will not regret tuning in, as this is going to be an amazing show. Before I tell you about it, I'd like to thank my guest from last week. It's Gary Coppich from People's Voice Media. Gary shared some great stories about the impact of his community reporter program and how businesses can benefit from finding and listening to employee and customer stories. That episode is in the on-demand library on the Story Powered page, so please do have a listen. But don't do that just yet, as I have a very special guest that you will want to hear today. I will be talking to Gabriel Dolan, the author, co-author of Hooked. Um, it's a great book, and I highly recommend you check it out. Gabriel is joining us from Australia, and I'm so excited to talk to her and learn from her today. Uh, before we talk to Gabriel, though, I'm going to do the story of the week, and I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to read from Gabriel's book today because we are talking about storytelling for leaders. And the um, sometimes when I work with clients, they ask me, well, I understand it's important to inspire people. I understand it's important to, to tell stories to get them to do stuff. But like really what practical implementation is there in telling stories? So I'm going to share a story from Gabriel's book that really does demonstrate um why stories are, are really important, not just in terms of inspiration, but also in terms of helping people understand the why and the what of, of how to change their behavior and to help them make decisions for themselves about how they operate. So the story of the week is, um, again, I'm reading from Gabrielle's, Gabrielle Dolan's book, Hooked. So Michael Brandt was regional executive at National Australia Bank. Michael was responsible for 16 branches, and in every team and every branch, he had the same problem. His team members did not meet their weekly targets for sales leads to the sales department, known as quality sales leads. He held countless meetings where he talked to his teams about this issue and tried to coach them on the importance of referring leads to the sales team. At every meeting, Michael's team members reiterated that they understood their targets and knew what had to be done, yet most of them failed to meet their targets, even when they were linked to their annual performance bonus. Michael was at the end of his tether. He had tried everything he could think of over a period of 12 months. His frustration was tangible, and you can imagine how frustrating it must have been for his team members. Michael constantly asked them why they weren't meeting their targets. Why were the majority unable to achieve their weekly sales leads targets? Then one day they said to him, it's the one thing we hate doing. Every Monday when we come into work, we think, oh no, not weekly sales leads targets again. So Michael came to Gabriel's workshop and said, I've tried everything for a year to help my team achieve their quality sales leads targets and nothing has worked. So during one of their workshops, Michael constructed the following story. 
And this is called the Brussels sprout story. When I was a kid, I hated Brussels sprouts. Every time Brussels sprouts were served at dinner, I always left them until last, hoping I would get away with not eating them. But of course, my mother would never let me leave the table until I ate my Brussels sprouts. Every last one. One evening, when Brussels sprouts were served yet again, I decided to eat my Brussels sprouts first. Then I relaxed and enjoyed the rest of my meal. Do you think we could treat our quality sales leads like Brussels sprouts? None of us can leave the table unless we've eaten our Brussels sprouts. Do you think we could eat them quickly and early in the week so that we can all relax and enjoy the rest of the week? The results. A few weeks after the workshop, Gabrielle saw Michael at a follow-up session. He told her, and by the way, her co-author is Yamini Naidu. He told Gabrielle and Knight and Yamini, that 11 of the 16 branches where he'd visited and narrated his Brussels sprout story had achieved their sales leads targets for two continuous weeks. It was the first time in a year that it had happened, and the only thing he had done differently was tell the story. He even said that the term Brussels sprouts had become a shorthand motivator within the team. Now his team members were asking each other, how many Brussels sprouts have you eaten? I've already eaten three today, and it's not even lunchtime. So this is a great example of a story that um, is a very simple story and one that we all can relate to, but it has an impact in the business beyond inspiring people and actually driving them to create change in how they're behaving and creating business success. So um, like I said before, I highly recommend you get uh, Gabriel's book hooked and, and find out there's, it's packed with stories just like that, that you can take some inspiration from and create stories for yourself. So now I'm going to introduce Gabriel. So Gabrielle is considered one of the leading authorities on business storytelling. Over the last decade, she has worked with thousands of leaders around Australia and internationally, helping them achieve outstanding business results with storytelling. Prior to running her own company, she held various senior leadership roles at the National Australia Bank, so has experienced firsthand the challenges of leadership and communicating that we all experience every day. Gabrielle is the co-author of Hooked, as we've just read from, How Leaders Connect, Engage, and Inspire with Storytelling. And her second book, titled Ignite, Real Leadership, Real Talk, Real Results, is due to be published in July 2015. Gabrielle is a graduate from the Harvard Kennedy School, has an MBA in management and leadership, and when she's not working in her practice, she can be found in her vegetable garden at her rural property on the southern New South Wales coast. Gabrielle, welcome to Story Powered. Thank you, Leanne. It's wonderful to be here and a fabulous introduction. Thank you. Well, I have to tell you, um, I'm in Toronto in Canada right now at minus 14, and so that vegetable garden is sounding awfully good. <laughs> well, I'm in Melbourne today, and we're expecting a high of 36 degrees, so we're at the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous. <laughs> thank you so much for coming, and thank- congratulations on your next book. That's wonderful. You're having another one published. Yeah, I am having it published, and it's um, I'm madly finishing it off this week because the full manuscript is due to the publisher on Monday, so um, I'm about ninety nine percent there. Brilliant. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of that busy schedule to to chat with us. I've been really looking forward to talking to you. As I said, I'm a big fan of your book, and um, and I know that the the whole question around leadership and storytelling is is one that a lot of people are really starting to think about and starting to really get to understand. So it'll be great to build their knowledge today. Um, but I'm wondering, can you tell us your story? What tells more about you and how you got to where you are now? 
Leanne, I, I have spent my I guess entire life working in the corporate world. So as you mentioned in your introduction, I held um, various senior manager roles at the National Australia Bank. The National Australia Bank is one of Australia's largest companies. Um, in fact, today is my 10-year uh, anniversary of leaving the National Australia Bank. So oh, I, wow. I, I had a fabulous yeah, it's a long. I had a fabulous uh, career with the NAB. Um, you know, working in technology, then in project management and change management roles. Um, I had the pleasure of working with this woman, um, Merrin, and I remember once she just told me, you know, it was over lunchtime, she told me a story. She used to work in our London office, and every Sunday night she would have to fly from London to Dublin. And she said it was the same flight every Sunday night. You'd get on the flight. Everyone was tired. You'd get on the flight. The air hostess would be going through the safety procedures and she would just be, you know, falling asleep or reading the paper as was everyone else on the plane. And she relayed to me this one particular time it was um, really bad weather and they came in to land into Dublin and they had to abort the landing. And the plane circled around again and they attempted a second landing but had to abort that as well because the weather was getting really bad at this stage. And on the third attempt to land, the pilot came on and said, we will make a final attempt to land. Before we do so, we will just go through the safety procedures once again. And he said at that stage, people were asking questions about the safety procedures. They were, you know, asking questions, clarifying how to do the belt and the air mm-hmm. and and she said it was hilarious how much attention people were paying. Well, not hilarious at the time, hilarious on reflection of how much people were paying at the time. Right. It was a few months later that um, Merrin and I were charged with implementing a major um, project that would affect all the HR people across the National Australia Bank. And it was going to be a long 18-month, two-year project. When we were um, pulling the people together to told them about the, this major change, I said to Merrin, what is the one thing, the one message you want them to get? Because I'm a real believer that when you speak to your people, you should be really clear on if they only got one message, what would it be? So Merrin said, I want them to understand that they're going to receive a lot of information about this change and it's going to be a long change and it might not affect them now or in six months' time, but when it, it will affect them and when it does affect them, they need to be paying attention. So I said to Merrin, why don't you tell the story about, you know, you flying from London to Dublin and, and um, you know, not paying notice of the, the announcements until, it, you know, it was going to affect you. And she was a bit reluctant at first because, as most leaders are, how can you use a sort of relatively insignificant personal story on around such a, a big business message? But she did, she did tell the story and attached it to the business message. And it was the first time I consciously noticed someone sharing a personal story attached to a business message and saw the cut through it got. So she had everyone's attention. And mm. at literally six months, 12 months, two years later, people were still referring to that story. Um, and I remember wow. thinking, there's something in this. There's something in using a personal story attaching it to a business message because people remember the story and therefore remember the message. So a couple of years later, that was probably about 14, 15 years ago, um, quite a few years later, as I said, 10 10 years ago from today, I left the National Australia Bank um, and started a company with with my co-author of Hook Germany and 
and literally for the last decade um, have been teaching business leaders how they can use personal stories attached to a business message so they get greater, you know, cut through and connection and engagement in what they're saying. Oh, that's brilliant. And I, I love the story that you've just told because it is a prime example of um, often, you know, it's that thing about, you know, we don't want to, it's business, so we don't want to get personal when in fact we are all pretty human. So we do respond to human personal stories. And and like you say, it's a very strategic thing to do. Um, I love the fact that you kind of got clear on that, on the one message. And one of the things that I found in reading your book, Gabrielle, is the number of stories. And I, you know, it's it's just it was such a pleasure and easy to read because I don't know about you but I often pick up business books and I think I'm not alone I think there's most of us get um, two thirds through and we don't quite make it to the end but when I was reading your book it kept me going with the stories and it kept um, and and what struck me was they were short stories they weren't even uh, didn't even have to be great big long stories so I'm just wondering how much fun was it gathering all those stories and hearing how people have used you know their your clients and other folks how they've used story to to um, create change or create action when when they're actually quite short stories that um, that uh, would seem insignificant. Yeah, well, um, absolutely. And then thank you on the feedback of the book. I'm, I'm like you, I'm not a big reader of business books and I, I get a book and think this looks really good and get about um, a, third, a, you know, a third or two-thirds of the way through <laughs> it and never quite get to the end. So my the desire in writing this book was that it was um, a book that people would get to the end to and that it would be right. a, an easy read um, and not... You know, padded out with lots of other stuff that just makes Absolutely. it really difficult to read. Yeah, and and it's a good point. Um, the stories are short, so I'm a firm believer that in business, people will give you time, and when you're telling a personal story, you can engage people. But if it's if the personal story is still going five or ten minutes later, it's way too long. It's um so I think that it's one or two minutes should be. Um, the duration of your stories that you're sharing in business. And also, too, on your point, they are just lots of little everyday examples. So the biggest mistakes some organisations and leaders can make is when they're rolling out, predominantly I get called in when they're rolling out a new strategy or a new um, organisational change and they think there is one story that's going to engage everyone in this big, mm. big strategy change. And it's not one story. It's lots and lots of little stories. Um, yeah. it's, it's about identifying your key message um, and then finding the story to it. And, and like I said, a lot, of, a lot of leaders struggle because their one key message, when they tell me the key message, I sort of go, there's actually five messages in what you've just said then. So what is one? You, you probably need five stories, but let's, let's work on one message at a time. One, one message, one story. Nice. And, and that was the great, that's why I really like the Brussels sprout story is because there is just one and very simple message that we, we all know, which is eat your Brussels sprouts. And, and it's just figuring yeah. out when to eat them. And they could all, I'm sure that all of um, his staff could totally identify with that moment. Yeah, and that's why that the story is so powerful is because it's highly relatable. So, you know, we all, we all, most of us would probably automatically remember where our parents, you know, forced us to eat our vegetables. Now, whether it was Brussels sprouts or broccoli or some other green vegetable normally. Um, and, e- and even people, you know, those weird people that like Brussels sprouts, they even, they even relate that's to the right. story as well. So, 
and it and, and again, business storytelling. Um, I do a lot of work with leaders, and sometimes they say that I don't have any stories because I'm just normal or I'm boring. Nothing, you know. I'm just right. a normal person, and it's the normal stories, the normal day-to-day stories that really resonate with people. So, you know, some people have had you know, tragedy or triumph, you know, climbing, you know, Mount Everest is, is great. It's a great motivational story, but it's not overly relatable for everyone. So it's the day-to-day stories that have the, the most impact. Absolutely. And especially when you're trying to, um, I mean, the, the Everest story is a great one, like you say, in terms of an inspirational piece or potentially when you're creating a vision or or things like that but i i I love the everyday stories because that is the piece where people can hook on to and make the sorry for the pun there and they can make the decision to 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 choose to do what the story is relating to them or not i mean it's kind of it's left to them isn't it yes it's left to them and the everyday relatable stories allows people to make their own connection with them so again with michael's story around the brussels sprouts people connecting to it because what he was literally saying is, I don't expect you to love every aspect of your job, but we still need to do it. And he had said that in various forms, but the story yeah. allowed people to make that connection to go, yeah, that there's stuff in our personal life that we have to do all the time that we don't necessarily like, but we do it. And, um, you know, Michael's not asking us to do anything more than that. So they make that connection and they do it and... And the other thing that I loved, and this happens as well, is people, you know, instead of saying sales leads, they started talking about Brussels sprouts. So it allowed people to keep, you know, tuning back to the story and the message. Absolutely. And and again, it gained momentum on its own. And that's the piece again. So some people could have chosen to just continue leaving their sales leads until the end of the week. And they could make that choice. Yeah. But the rest of the team, it gained such a momentum that you almost had to do it you know, do your sales first, your leads first, because everybody else is having fun with it. And they're all talking about Brussels sprouts. Yes. And so it's also, yeah. the, you know, that very simple story started a, a, a bit of a movement. Yeah, it does. And and again, you've touched on why stories can be really powerful because one of, one of our challenges as leaders is, is do people really understand what we're saying? So when we're talking about a you know, strategy or a culture change or a value or just a, a message, do they really understand what we're saying? Can they remember it? So, you know, when we've left the room and they can't access that, access that email or PowerPoint, can they actually remember what we said? And can they retell it to others without losing its meaning? And, and a really relatable short story um, achieves all those those challenges. So people get to understand it. They can easily remember it. So you can easily remember the Brussels sprout story and you can actually retell it to other people without losing its meaning. Yeah, that's a really big one, the telling it to others and, um, you know, especially for larger businesses. I mean, you know, often it's actually, um, it's kind of amusing to see, you know, the great big PowerPoint and then it's kind of like, now go out and tell your teams and, People are baffled yeah. by them. <laughs> They're baffled yeah. by the information the, um, already. <laughs> so there's a disconnect. Isn't I, there? I often, you know, that cascade approach to communicating to an entire organization through PowerPoint, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it amazes me that that approach is still done when, you know, the, it's communicating down to one level of leaders who probably don't even understand it themselves and then they're trying to communicate down 
to the next level of leaders. And by the time it reaches to the you know the front line, um, it's no wonder people don't understand it, and therefore they're not engaged or connected to the strategy. And then the people up the top of the chain get really frustrated because. You know, the strategy makes perfect sense to them and they think they've communicated it, but not in a way that people connect to it or engage in it. Absolutely. The leader's wondering, I told you guys how to do this and and you're not doing it. So that's great. Thank you so much, Gabrielle. We're on our way to a commercial break right now. So um, I'm looking forward to the next section. So everybody hang on and and stick with us because in um, our next segment, we're going to be talking to Gabrielle about why, and we've started this conversation a little bit already about why storytelling is so important for leaders, but also we're going to talk about the different storytelling styles, which I absolutely love Gabriel's take on this. So um, I'm Leanne Pico, and you're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want to tell a better, better story for your business or hone your storytelling skills, contact me at leanne at verygoodstories.com. Then stay tuned to find out about how Gabriel um, shares the different storytelling styles and which one you are. We'll be back soon. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, and welcome back to Story Powered with me, your host, Leanne Pico. Before the break, I was chatting with Gabrielle Dolan, 
co-author of Hooked about her work with leaders. And we were having a great uh, time and a great chat talking about Brussels sprouts. Um, If you don't like Brussels sprouts, you can still stick with us because it's more about story. So don't worry. Um, So we're going to continue our chat about leadership and storytelling and and why it's a crucial tool. So, um, Gabrielle, why is storytelling so important for leaders? Look, I think um, it's important for a lot of ways. One is, you know, story... Humans are hardwired to tell stories, so it's actually the way we communicate. But for leaders, um, why it's so important is we're hardwired to listen to stories. So you find when someone's telling you a story and a good story that you're engaged in, you're actually listening to it quite differently. You're you're fully engaged, you're, you're suspending judgment. So we're actually hardwired to listen to stories differently. Now, I think it's storytelling's always been important, but when you look at what's happening right now um, in the business world, we are so overwhelmed with information. I mean, you know, the information overload's been around, the term's been around for a long time, but it just keeps getting more, you know, surrounded by information and data. And stories actually help people make sense of that information. You can actually achieve cut through, through all that noise, story can work. And I think also, too, the rise of Generation Y in the workplace. So there's lots of figures. I think by 2020, they'll be the biggest population of the workforce. And they're really driving a culture where they want a greater purpose in their work. So they're happy to work. Um, You know, they're not lazy and disloyal and all those sort of bad terms they get given. I think they're an amazing generation, but they they want to be, they want to do good stuff and they want to work for a greater purpose and they want to work for leaders that they connect with and and who inspire them. And so I think, again, um, leaders who aren't using storytelling now they're not getting the cut through and they're not inspiring the generation of of people that are working for them. I completely agree with you on that, Gabrielle. And, you know, like you say, there's a lot of talk about millennials and they're being very entitled. And I just think they're asking great questions. They're asking, why should I work for you? Why should I work all these hours just for money or to make you money? I want more than that. And I think that that's a a really, um, I think it's a great question for them to ask, and it is pushing businesses to, um, and you can see it in terms of some of the storytelling in, um, in you know, business branding, and you know, even looking at some of their corporate websites, they're starting to really change how they talk about themselves. Yeah, and and I think I think it's a, it's a wonderful change in business that they're saying it, it's what you, what you said, Leanne. It's exact question of saying why would I work for you, and and they're asking it of organisations, but they're asking it of individual leaders. Why would I work with you and for you? Um, and leaders, and this is where we're pushing. And I guess this is the basis of my second book, um, Ignite Your Leadership, Your Talk, Real Results, is that leaders need to be more real to connect with these people, and they you know, if they're just hiding behind the corporate jargon and if they're too afraid to bring their whole self to their leadership role, they're just not connecting with this entire generation. Yeah, I agree. And and I also think, you know, even from, you know, our generations, it's, it's everybody wants to go to work and feel like they're doing something that's important. And, you know, even when we 
kind of know like the Brussels sprouts thing, you know, when we know we have to do something that we don't enjoy, as long as we have a bigger vision of what we're trying to accomplish, it's, it's makes it easier to do that. And, and I think that you're absolutely right. And with leaders now too, I mean, there's a whole piece around, we're not computers, we're humans. And so when we come to work, we're, we bring our human minds and bodies with us. And so, um, you know, ticking boxes just isn't, isn't okay anymore. And, and issuing directives is they're not landing in the same way. No, absolutely. They're not. So in terms of story, so, um, the thing I love about, um, your take on, on the leadership and storytelling is the, the idea that there are different storytelling styles. So, um, take us through what they are, please. Yeah, so um, I think that everyone, like I said, we're, we're hardwired to tell stories and listen stories. So we probably all do tell stories in a business sense. Um, we certainly all tell stories in our personal life. But in business, there's four styles. And they're determined, the style is determined by two things. So if you, if you sort of can picture, a, you know, four, a four quadrant module, one is, on one axis is the purpose. So when you're telling a story, how purposeful are you with that story? So are you, do you have real clarity on why you're telling the story and the, and the one message you want to get across or are you not so sure? And then the other axis is the engagement. So when you're telling your story, how engaging are they? So are people with you the whole way of telling the story or have you, have they stopped listening, you know, well before you'll stop talking? So how purposeful you are and how engaging your stories are determine your style. Now what you have, I guess, down in, you know, the bottom, the bottom left quadrant where you, you probably don't want to be is what I call the bragger. Now in the book Hooked, I call that you avoid it, but I've actually started to use the term bragger now because I think it's a mm. bit more accurate. These, these are stories that people tell about themselves and they tend to be about themselves and sort of the good things they've done and to the listener, they can feel like the person's just bragging. So right. they seem to be no purpose and people then switch off, people switch off straight away when... Um, when people feel they're bragging about themselves. And, and I don't know um, in American culture, but in Australia culture, that happens really, really quickly. Um, so one style is the bragger. The other style over in the right-hand bottom is the joker. The joker tells really engaging stories. So when the joker tells a story, you're with them the whole way and you're fully engaged and you normally remember the story because it's a great story. But what the joker fails to do is attach a business message to it. So people will remember the story, but because there's no purpose behind the story, except maybe to get people to laugh, they miss out on an amazing opportunity of people actually not remembering their message. So I, right. I see this happen a lot when people do presentations. There's, there's this um, train of thought that if I tell a funny joke or a funny story at the start of my presentation and get people to laugh and engage and a bit of an icebreaker and they like me, um, that's a good way to start a presentation. And then the person goes on and does the one-hour presentation and the only thing, the only thing people remember from that one hour is the funny joke they told at the start. And if it's not attached to their key business message, they've just lost you know, um, an opportunity to get their key message across. So then so people are just trying to tell the joke. They're trying to share the joke. Um, they're trying to remember and share yeah, the joke yeah. rather than the rather than the actual yeah. message. That, that's that's very interesting. Okay, that's yeah, that makes a lot mm. of sense. So yeah, so 
There's nothing wrong with telling a, a, a funny story that has a key business message, but the joker just tends to tell funny stories for the sake of it and just miss out on that opportunity. Right. So the, the other style is uh, the reporter. So the reporter is really clear on why they're telling the story. They know the key message they want to get through. Um, so they're, they're really purposeful with the story. But the reporter tends to use a lot of business examples. They tend to use a lot of case studies, thinking that they're stories, and case studies are not stories. They tend to use um, bringing a lot of facts and figures and statistics into their stories. So they just, as soon as you start doing that, you lose engagement. So as mm-hmm. soon as your stories are peppered with numbers and stats, the mind just starts to switch off because it no longer feels like a story anymore. So the reporter really clear that their stories aren't really clear on purpose, but their stories aren't that engaging. And then the final one is where we should all be aiming to be is the inspirer. And the inspirer tends to use personal stories and attach it to a business message. Um, the inspire, you know, when we're talking about inspiring, it's not you know highly motivational. You can do anything you believe in type thing. It's um it's connecting and engaging with people and influencing them. And uh, as a leader, that's what you're trying to do. So you're trying to change behaviour, you're trying to change mindset, you're trying to get people engaged and connected and excited about something. So the inspirer is where you want to be. And, you know, the Brussels Sprouts is a great example of an inspirer. It's just a simple personal story attached to a business message that connected with his audience, it engaged them, and it changed behaviour. And that's what he was trying to achieve. Absolutely. And and I love that because, you know, and I love that you're using the word inspire because often we use the word inspire and it's, you know, we get this warm glow and that's it. And it's kind of like, oh, I'm inspired. And and we think that it's a kind of a state of being rather than actually a, a call to action. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Would you like me to give you another example of a, oh, a great yes, story that I consider inspiring? So um, I had a, a senior leader. She was the head of risk. And her biggest issue was every time she would be with the business unit she was supporting, um, every time risk was raised, they would look at her and go, well, you're the risk manager. That's, that's your problem. <laughs> and it didn't matter how many times she said to them, I cannot manage your risk for you. All I can do is give you, you know, the skills and the knowledge and I can give you advice to help you manage your risk, but I can't manage the risk. You know, like I can't be everywhere and manage risk. And she said to me, she said, it doesn't matter how many times I sort of say that. She said, I just don't think they get it. Every time risk is raised again, sort of all eyes look to me and it's your problem. So again, we, um, I mean, I, I run full day workshops. So um, this is the story that uh, she developed and constructed in one of the workshops. She said, when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm. And growing up on the farm, there was lots of dangers that, you know, we needed to be aware of. But mum told us what to do. So mum told us what to do when we came across a redback spider in the timber heap. And we knew what to do about all the potential traps in the dam after heavy rain. And we knew what to do if we came across a snake in summer. And I remember this one stinking hot day, mum was yelling at me to get my bike from the front gate. So I ran down the garden path and then I just froze. Because in front of my bike was this massive copperhead snake. But I remembered everything mum had told us to do. So I froze and I played statues. 
And then I slowly walked backwards so there was enough space between me and the snake and I ran back to the house to tell mum. And I'm sharing this with you because it reminds me of the role we play in risk. All I can do is give you the skills, knowledge and advice so when you come across your own copperhead snake, regardless of what that looks like, you will know what to do. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's such a great example because the whole risk area, I mean, my goodness, like to land it all on her shoulders is, is quite a substantial yeah. thing to do. So I, I, that's amazing that she was able to not get into a space of kind of getting angry and upset and frustrated and instead kind of was able to frame a story that enabled them to, to do what they needed to do in their own roles. Mm. Oh, so, Leanne, don't get me wrong. She had gone through those projects of getting angry and frustrated okay. because she would, she would, she kept telling them, you know, kept telling them with logic, and yep. sort of logically they got it, but nothing was changing. And it was only when she started to share that story that their mindset shifted around it. Oh, nice. That makes me feel a lot better because I, I totally identify with that that situation. I'm sure a lot of us do where, you know, you just keep explaining it and let me explain it again. And I'll just and you just keep coming mm. up with ways of explaining it. And then, you know, your tone changes and your and engagement decreases because you're not able to. So the fact that yeah. she was able to it's even more impressive that she could turn it around and turn around her frustration into a story that enabled them to and enabled her to kind of have a better relationship too. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's exactly what you're talking about happens throughout business all the time, that the leaders understand it, they completely get it, they know it completely makes sense. They go out and communicate it and people don't understand it. So they communicate it again in a different way, but still using logic, still just trying to logically explain it and then then they get frustrated and angry and then the people listening get frustrated. It's just frustration everywhere um, because it, it's, the connection isn't happening. Well, and, and you know, and again, we, we talk about the frustration, but it, the impact of that is kind of the business gets stuck in a way, right? I mean, we lose productivity, we lose um, staff you know, interest and engagement. I mean, there's a whole roll-on that happens in, in that moment too. Oh, the, the waste of time and money. I mean, you know, again, there's lots of stats that go around that, you know, like only 30% of change efforts succeed in businesses. Um, it, the, and it's because, you know, the companies spend so much time and get so much money in new technology resources, these projects to drive change, but then go out and communicate it in a way that's not engaging or connecting with people so then people don't change their behaviour. And the change fails, and it's just billions and billions of dollars that get wasted um, because we do all the work up front, and when it gets down to actually communicating people and getting on board with it, we, we just go out with logic, we go out with the PowerPoint and get frustrated why it doesn't work. Well, that's such a great point, and I love how you put it, the cascade of information flowing down from the PowerPoint. <laughs> it's such a, a great message. Mm. Well, we're mm. about to have another break, I, I always, so... Uh, Sorry, yep. Gabrielle, we're, we're just on our way to another break. So I'm really looking forward to carrying on this conversation afterwards. Um, I want to let everybody know that you can purchase Gabrielle Dolan's book, Hooked, uh, her, that she has co-authored on Amazon. And then also you can find it on her website at www.gabrielledolan.com. And don't forget that Gabrielle has another book coming out in July. Um, and uh, we, I look forward to that because I, I 
very thoroughly enjoyed Hooked and I recommend you buy it. So we will be back after the break to find out, to chat a little bit more with Gabrielle about um, story and to find out how to craft a business story. So don't go away. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com. Or check out our website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Where is the best place to put your money? Rick Saylor with co-host Eric Hamburg will take the mystery out of investing in order to keep your hard-earned wealth performing and protecting to its maximum potential. Listen for Straight Talk, Clear Decisions, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's a sad fact that fraud is rampant in today's business environment. The headlines scream about once prestigious organizations falling victim to or crumbling due to the consequences of fraud. How do you keep fraud from affecting you and your business? Tune in to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Chris has over 30 years of fraud investigation experience, business intelligence, and is a renowned security consultant. Chris and his guests will inform you and help keep you from being the next statistic of fraud. Tune in Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Welcome back to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, and I am talking with Gabrielle Dolan about storytelling for leaders. Before the break, we had a, a really great chat about um, the types of storytellers there are. We talked about um, the joker, the bragger, the avoider, the reporter, and about the and um, the inspirer, who is is uh, where most of us want to be. And 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 a really key message that we we came up with was that inspiration is not just about foggy, nice um, feelings. It's actually about action and and enabling change to happen. And and we can do it through short business stories. And um, Gabriel gave us some really great examples. So um, now, Gabriel, so. So we we get that it's important for leaders. We get that there are ways of uh, telling stories that are more useful than others. But can you take us through the steps of creating a a business story that does connect, engage, and inspire? Yep, I can. Um, So the the first place you need to start is your purpose. What is your key message you want to get across to your audience? Um, The biggest mistake people make is they sort of have two or three key messages in it, so just try to get it down to one. 
then you have to think of your audience. So what's going on with them? So, for example, when Michael talked about Brussels sprout, or before he even got to the Brussels sprout story, he wanted to, um, he was saying, I want people to understand why sales needs are so important to the growth of the business. And then when he looked at it through his audience perspective, he realized you know, they, you know, they're intelligent people. They understand why sales are important to a business. What, what he realised then was they hated doing it. That they actually hated doing it. So that, that changed his purpose, um, and that actually changed what story he would choose. Because if he went in with a story about the importance of sales, the reaction would have been, "Yes, we understand that. We don't, we don't like it." So it's really important to start with the purpose. Consider your audience, and then that might change the purpose of your story. The, the biggest question if you're trying to get um, personal stories in there is to say, what does this feel like outside of work? So, again, Michael, he wants them to do something they hate. What does that feel like outside of work? And he came up with Brussels sprouts. Um, Rose, Rosemary with the Copperhead Snake story, she wanted people to understand that, you know, she couldn't manage the risk. She could just give them advice. What did that feel like outside of work? And that's when she landed on, you know, getting advice from her mum. So always asking yourself, what does this feel like outside of work? Once you have what you think is a story, what you think it could work, in business, because you only want your stories to be about one or two minutes, it's really important to have a really good structure. Now, the structure... I follow, on a high level, it comes from Aristotle. So it's two and a half thousand years old. Aristotle said a story should have a beginning and a middle and an end. Now, I'm not sure how people were sharing stories before that insight, but we stick with that structure, beginning, middle and end. And um, I always say, unless you're Quentin Tarantino doing a Pulp Fiction movie, don't mess with that structure. <laughs> I completely so, agree. <laughs> yeah, it's my, one of my favourite all-time movies. Um <laughs> The beginning in business, the beginning should be time and place. So what I mean by that, you know, is like when I when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm. You know, last week when I took my daughter to hockey training, three years ago I went to Vietnam on a holiday. So time and place, there's a million variations. What time and place does is it signals to your audience that you're about to tell them a story. And because we are hardwired to listen to stories, we start listening differently. So I mean, you can imagine the situation in a you know team meeting where it's just you know logic, logic, data, 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 and then someone says, actually, that reminds me of when I went on an African safari, and all of right. a sudden people just go, oh, hello, I'm interested. Wherever <laughs> my mind was before, I am now fully focused on what you're about to say next. So time and place, how you start your story, is really important. That's can I just um, jump in there? Sorry, can. can I just jump in there? Just I I love the fact that um, I just wanted to note how powerful that is. That idea that um, the time and place and the way you start a story signals a way of listening differently. And I wanted to reiterate that for folks because that is that's one of the most powerful ways I've heard it described in in terms of grabbing people's attention. I, I love how you put that. Mm. As opposed to when some people say, um, let me tell you a story. Right. It's the reaction sometimes to that introduction is, oh, really? 
Say you're paying attention to your audience and their facial expressions as well, right? That's helpful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the first time you're sort of telling the story, you've got to be really on the lookout for those things so to see where people are connecting and then see where potential people are um, switching off from what you're saying. And, and then you have the end, and uh, there's three parts to the end that work really well. The ending is the really critical bit. The ending is like landing the plane, which is the bit you don't want to get wrong. Um, the, the three parts are the bridge, the link, and the pause. So what the bridge does, the bridge is just one simple question, uh, sentence. So you know, if I'm talking about Brussels sprouts or if I'm talking about copperhead snakes, the audience will naturally be thinking, I'm not sure where this is going. 
but I'm engaged, I'm with you. So the bridging is literally coming from the personal story back into business. And it can be something as easy as, I'm sharing this with you because it reminds me of and then whatever you're talking about. You know, so, you know, I'm sharing this with you because it reminds me of the role we play in risk. Do you think we can treat quality sales leads like Brussels sprouts? So it's just that one sentence where people make the connection and go, oh, I now know where we're going with this. So just one simple question or one simple sentence is all you need for the bridge. And then the link is probably only about one or two sentences. And what the link does is link it back to the purpose. So do you think we can treat quality sales leads like Brussels sprouts? We can't leave the table without them. Do you think we can just eat them fast and early at the start of the week? Is it, is it you know, just one or two sentences and that's the end of his story? Right, that makes a final, lot of sense. The final, yeah, the final bit of the ending is a pause. So I always instruct leaders, you should know what the last sentence of your story is and then you should stop talking. And you need to have a one or two second pause because what you are doing is you are inviting the audience to make a connection with your story. And it's in that pause that they make the connection. So the pause is actually the real, it's where all the magic happens with story. It's where all the power is. And if you keep talking, then you've just, you've lost it. You've, you've lost the whole reason for sharing the story because people, you're not giving people the time to connect with it. I love how you've just put that because that is the piece that often um, I see people doing because they're just they're so happy they finished the story because <laughs> they've you know been practicing or whatever, especially the first time they tell it. And then they they kind of run over into the next thing that they want to talk about thinking that they've landed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really common good. mistake everyone makes. They just keep talking. They just keep, keep talking, um, and they just don't end the story properly. It's the biggest mistake leaders make. Yeah, and like you say, I mean, if we're go- if we're talking about our brains being high- hardwired for story and about creating connection, it makes a lot of sense too that that connection needs time um, to to kind of yeah. to grab on and, and take hold. Yeah, and it's only one or two seconds. It's so yeah. not a lot, but it's when people aren't comfortable with the pause either, so they keep talking. Yeah. Whereas probably their audience is uncomfortable because they keep talking. Because <laughs> they're trying to grab onto it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, Gabriel, we've only got a couple of minutes left. I'd love that. So we've got the beginning, the middle, and the end. And, um, you know, just to recap, we've got time, start with time and place. So that um, indicates that you're telling a story and helps people start listening in a different way. And then you're looking at the middle, which is um, you're introducing your emotional and your sensory data and making sure that there's no speed humps there that get people get caught on and can't come with you. And then the end is all about bridging to your 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 um, business environment, linking it to the purpose, and then uh, creating a pause to enable connection. So that's a, a really great how-to. Now, in terms of... In terms of more information, um, I, I, you have some free stuff on your website that people can go and look at. Do you want to tell us about that? 
Yeah, there's on on the on the website. If people are interested, there's a couple of things. One, one is just a one page checklist. So if you're thinking, if you're part of an organisation and you're thinking, I want to introduce this to my leaders and give all my leaders the skill of this as a, a checklist on how you can do that. Um, there's also a white paper on storytelling as. Um, as a business skill. And there's also a white paper, my most recent white paper, on the evolution of organisational change, which, again, a lot of the time I get brought into um, large organisations because we're going through organisational change. So that that could be um, of interest to your leaders as well. And so how, how you can use storytelling um, as part of your you know, new strategy or organisational change. Oh, that's brilliant. Gabrielle, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Excellent. I've loved it. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks again to Gabrielle Dolan, co-author of Hooked. Um, Don't forget to look out for Gabrielle's next book, Ignite, Real Leadership, Real Talk, Real Results. It's coming out in July. And don't forget to tune in to next week's show when I talk to Annette Simmons, author of Story Factor and Whoever Tells the Best Story Wins. We'll be chatting about the six kinds of stories and how to find them with another crucial skill for leaders, story listening. So Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for joining me, Leanne Pico, and Story Powered. See you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.